Welcome to Victory Fellowship's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. All sorts of new movies that are out during the holiday season. Um, people like to go see movies and stuff. And I, I came to a conclusion, I found out something I didn't know. I went to Paris and I went and saw The Hobbit, actually. And um, we saw the last, of, the last one and then we, I think I slept through the second one, so I went back and watched it again. <laughs> And um, I came to a conclusion that the Hobbit is actually Pentecostal. Now, maybe not the Hobbit himself, maybe he's a Baptist, but it's the elves that are Pentecostals. And the, the reason I came to this conclusion is, is what happened. If you, if you, you, now, you might have to go back and see the movie, the second one, but that this guy gets shot in the leg with one of those arrows, and he's got a big old hole in his leg, and it's like he's in major pain, and, you know, I don't know if he's going to bleed to death or whatever, but the elf girl comes up with this, these, like these herbs and stuff, and she stuffs these herbs on his leg, lays her hands on him, and starts praying in elfin tongues over it. Cusiote, remasta, condora, clestion, remasta, celebrinde, and then the, the glory, literally the light and the glory come and fill the room, and the guy gets healed. That's how I know the elves are Pentecostals. So, you know, praying in tongues, it's really, it's really, it's, a, it's, a, it's an awesome thing, supernatural thing, learning how to, to tap in to the other realm of the Holy Spirit, to the realm of the Holy Spirit, to yield to Him, to yield to supernatural power. Now, it's, it's sometimes hard for, for guys, I think, think harder for guys than for girls, because guys tend to be more about control. Want to be in control of circumstances. They want to control everything. They want to control where they're going to go, how they're going to drive. They want to be in charge, large and in charge all the time. And this yielding to the Holy Spirit is not normal for guys. But it's childlike and it's, it's trusting. And it's, it's one of the greatest blessings in the world to, to take off the pride and all the pretense that you've got it all under control and yield to put yourself in a vulnerable position and yield to God and to allow him, his, his glory to come on the scene and to, to work in you and to work through you. It's very powerful. Prayer language, I love to pray in the heavenly language. The language, Paul said, the language of men and the language of angels, to pray in the heavenly language. So um, I'm going to share some, I'm going to share tonight about the, the anointing, about the Holy Spirit, about coming into the new year in this anointing, but th- this morning I'm going to head in that direction. I want to preach a message about this guy in the Bible called Simeon, and um, Simeon was, um, he was an unusual guy. He was hanging around the temple when, um, when Mary and Joseph came to dedicate Jesus to the Lord. Now this is strange. All these prophecies are, are like coming together. They're, they're, they're colliding all at the same time. I think of Haggai's prophecy. Haggai prophesied in Haggai chapter 2 when he talked about the desire of all nations would come. And then he prophesied and said, he said that, that suddenly the Lord would appear in his temple. So that's what Simeon was waiting for. Simeon was waiting for the Lord to suddenly appear in, his, in the temple. Never in 10,000 years, did anyone think 
that the Lord would suddenly appear in his temple as an eight-year-old baby to be circumcised. That was the last thought in anyone's mind. And, and everyone would have missed it. Simeon would have missed it. Everyone would have missed it, except for supernatural revelation. Simeon was ready only because the Holy Ghost was upon him and that God gave him spiritual sensitivity. He would have missed it like everyone else was missing it because they had preconceived ideas about what revival would look like, preconceived ideas about what Messiah would look like, preconceived ideas of what church was supposed to look like until the Holy Spirit came and began to open the eyes of people's hearts and lives. In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. I'll, I'll take away preconceived ideas and I'll begin to do a new thing. An unprecedented work will be done in the church in the last days, says the Lord. Now, Simeon was kind of a forerunner of that. I wanna talk a little bit about him. Luke 2:25. there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon and this man was righteous and devout waiting for the consolation, that's an interesting word, paraclesis, another whole study there, but he was waiting for the paraclesis of Israel. And the Holy Spirit, the paracletos, was upon him. And it, and it had been revealed to him by the paracleto, by the Holy Spirit, that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he was waiting. He was waiting in the temple, waiting, not really sure what he was waiting for, waiting for the Christ to come and suddenly appear in the temple. You know, Simeon was an interesting character. I'm going to read one of my blogs here that talks a little bit about it. Simeon knew firsthand about persecution that comes in response to the anointing. Now listen to this. According to Matthew Henry, Simeon had been an important religious leader in Israel. He was actually the head of the Sanhedrin until, everyone say until, until he stopped playing the political rules. And he suddenly got kicked, he got booted out. Supposedly, Simeon's dad was Hillel, the founder of the Sanhedrin. Simeon had somehow received a prophetic anointing of the Spirit and it changed his thoughts about the role of the coming Messiah. Rather than a political leader, Simeon began to talk about a suffering servant, not exactly what the religious leaders with political aspirations had in mind. They didn't want a suffering servant. They wanted a, a ruler to get rid of the Romans so they could be in charge. It is said that Simeon was removed from his position because of this anointing upon his life. Wow. Simeon knew firsthand about the power and the price of the anointing. Here is Simeon's prophecy about Christ and comments made about it from Arthur Wallace. Arthur Wallace is an author who wrote about revival. And this is, the, this is the quote, Behold, this child is set for the falling and rising up of many in Israel. This is Simeon's prophecy. And he'd be a sign for a sign which is spoken against, that the thoughts out of his many hearts might be revealed. Thus spoke the aged Simeon as he had held the long-promised Savior in his arms. He's holding the Jesus in his arms in the, in, the, in the temple as he's ready to be circumcised and he's prophesying over him to Mary and Joseph and said, this son will be a sign spoken against. Wow. 30 years passed and the prophecy was fulfilled as Christ stood in, the, in manhood in the synagogue at Nazareth with the roll of the book in his hands. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, he read, because he's anointed me to preach good tidings. 
Then he began to preach, applying the word and the power of the Spirit to the consciences of his hearers. Soon their wonder gave place to wrath as they cast him forth out of the city and led him under the brow of the hill that they might throw him down headlong. Thus, from the time that he commenced to preach and work in the power of the Spirit, he became a sign which is spoken against, that the thoughts out of many hearts might be revealed. As much as the world changes, nothing ever really changes. Just as Simeon experienced persecution because of the anointing, so did the Lord himself. From that first day he announced, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, he was a marked man. Today is no different. Revival always brings response. Usually it starts with the religious crowds. The anointing is not the way to win friends and influence people. It's the way to change our worlds. And Simeon found, this, found out that it wasn't, it wasn't what people were, were wanting was this anointing, but, but he embraced it regardless of the cost. And he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. Now we're gonna read a little bit more about his story and about Simeon's defining moment. I guess this is the question I have to ask you right now before we go any further. If you were to say, what moment in your life defines your life? Because we all have one. We all have a moment in our life. I think I probably have two moments in my life that define what, who I am and what I've become and what my life is all about. Defining moments or everything, being able to recognize them and embrace them. And that's what, what Simeon's story is all about, Simeon's defining moments. Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit. Everyone say, he came by the Spirit. He came by the Spirit. He was anointed and he was led by the Spirit and he came at this absolute divine appointed time. He came into the temple under the influence of the Holy Spirit. He came by the Spirit into the temple and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and he blessed God and said, Lord, now let thou servant depart in peace according to thy word for my eyes have seen your salvation. He recognized this, this is what my life is all about. My life is about this Christ. This is what I've been waiting for, to know him, to hold him, and to embrace him. You know, for some people, they think their life, their, the defining moment of their life is when they get, when they become famous or when they get a big raise or when they get a, a political advancement or when people begin to acknowledge their greatness. That wasn't what Simeon was about. He gave up those things. He gave up being politically connected. He gave up his power, his influence, and his resources because of the revelation of the Holy Spirit. And he considered, he considered knowing Christ and the pleasures of Christ. Sounds familiar, sounds like Moses to me. Remember Moses? He considered the pleasures of knowing Christ greater than the treasures of Egypt. He walked away from Pharaoh's palace when he recognized the value of the anointing and the value of Christ being his all in all. What is, what moment has defined your life? Recognizing Christ as your treasure, recognizing Christ as your portion, recognizing Christ as your destiny, as your purpose in your life, as your goal in your life, to know him, to follow him, to yield to him, and to make him known is why you're alive. 
It's why you exist. So knowing the defining moment. Now, here, let's, let's talk about, about what changed um, Simeon's life. It says the Holy Spirit was upon him. The Holy Spirit was upon him. Now, you know, many of you have been, that's why you're here this morning. You believe in the power of Pentecost. You believe in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You believe in being saturated in his presence. You be, believe in being touched by God. It's one thing to be touched by the Lord. It's another thing to abide with the Lord, to walk with him, to carry whatever it is that touched your life, to carry it with you the rest of your life. This was David's story. Lord, whatever, whatever happens in my life, one thing, Lord God, one thing, one thing, don't take this. Don't take this anointing. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Lord, you can take everything else, but Lord, don't take this. This defines my life. And this is what Simeon was about. So let, let's think about this for a moment. The Holy Spirit abode upon him. It says, behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. That's what I want to describe my life. The Holy Ghost is upon me. The Holy Spirit is upon me. Acts chapter 1.8 Let's take this into the New Testament. He says, you will receive power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. This is a promise to you. Now, this promise is not just for, for special people anymore like the Old Testament. The Old Testament, it was prophets, priests, and kings. In the New Testament, there came a promise for whosoever will. Whoever was thirsty, whoever wanted more of God, you, this, this, cor this corporate you, this, this all-encompassing you, this you that includes you sitting here this morning, you will receive power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Ju 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 Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. So here we, we begin to recognize the importance of continuing to walk in this relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's not something that just happened one day. It wasn't, wasn't something that just happened to me in 1973. It wasn't something that just happened to me in 1994, but it's something that's happening in my life every day of my life. His anointing is, is abiding upon me, and I, I want to say along with Simeon that the Holy Spirit is upon me. The Holy Spirit rests upon me. The Holy Spirit moves upon me each day of the year in my life. So let's, so we're talking about cooperating with the Lord. How can I, what, what, how can I as an individual cooperate? How can I cooperate with the Lord? Let me give you a couple of thoughts. For if you live according to the flesh, what does that mean? Does anyone have any idea what that means? If you live according to the flesh. That means if you live like the other knuckleheads that you're surrounded with out there in the world. The, all the people out there that are going out drinking and carousing and fornicating and lying and telling filthy jokes and going places they shouldn't go, living like pigs and animals out in the world. If you live like that, you're just gonna die. But there's another way to live our lives. 
We've discovered a new way to live our life, not just a touch from God, but a new way to live our life. But if you, by the Spirit, put to death these deeds of the flesh, by the anointing, you will live. So we can, we can begin to allow the Holy Spirit to, to move into our life and be, begin to rearrange the furniture, and begin to take out of our life the old way of living, the old way of thinking, the old way of doing things, and let Him begin to take over our day-to-day activities in our life. This, we're talking about abiding and walking with Christ the rest of our life. Ephesians 4.30, this is something that I'm... R.T. Kendall preached about Saturday morning when, when he was here. He said, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Not grieving the Lord, not allowing my, my actions or my words to grieve the Holy Spirit that I might lose this anointing that's on my life. This, is, this was the sin of David. David transgressed. David made a, a, a costly error in his life that cost him almost everything when he began to go after a, wa- a woman that wasn't his wife. It caused, it caused trouble all the days of David's life. And he sought the Lord and he repented before the Lord. And he said, oh God, Lord, you can take everything from me. But, but one thing, Lord, one thing I can't afford to lose. Don't ever, Lord God, remove your anointing from my life because your anointing is everything to me. I need this, Lord. I, I love your, your anointing is more powerful and more precious to me. Your loving kindness is more precious than life. Amen. So we're talking about walking in this anointing as a lifestyle like, like Simeon did. So I have, to, I, have to, I have to guard my life. I have to guard my tongue. I have to guard my thoughts. And the Holy Spirit helps me do these things as I, as I yield to Him. And then, this, the next thing that, that, that happens as we, as we um, want to continue walking in the ways of the Lord, Ephesians 5.18. Everyone, you can, you can read this with me. Do not get drunk with wine. That was very weak. Come on, wait, read, you want to read this with me? Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, I know maybe that's, maybe that's not in your Bible, but do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. He's describing another lifestyle that, that we can begin to practice every day of our life. This, this is uh, lifestyle, worship, worship and Bible reading. Worship and Bible reading. This is... This is, this is how, if you, if you want to know how to, to stay in the, the zone, to stay in His presence, it's not, it's not real complicated, it's very simple. It's when you, first thing, when you get up in the morning, you go, if you go, go to your, your get, go get a quiet place, get out your Bible, and you start to read the Bible. You start to read the Word of God. You start to soak your mind in the Scriptures. And then you go out by, by after, you, after you've spent some time reading the Word of God, then you start to spend some time in His presence. And you start to break out in those, those elfin tongues. And then you allow the, the presence of the Lord to, to, to come upon you. You begin to spend time in His presence. You become accustomed to His anointing. It's not just something that happens sometimes when you go to 
to church. But this becomes the life and the lifestyle that you've embraced. You begin to walk with the Lord. Walking in the Spirit becomes part of your yearly, your daily activities. Walking in the Spirit, like Simeon did. Shomore, shamarandema, sebaramaste, keleste. You know, I mentioned earlier Dick Mills and the legacy that he brought into our church. One of the, th the, the thing that, that described and defined Dick's life was this unusual combination. It shouldn't be unusual, but it, it apparently is. This unusual combination in his life of love for the Word of God and love for the anointing. Love for the Word and love for the Spirit. And so Dick, you know, very practical guy. If you get around him, he would spend hours searching the scriptures. I'll never forget the time that, that he stayed in, in, in our home, in Paris and I's home. And, and he got up early in the morning, had the coffee pot out and came knocking on my, my bedroom door at five o'clock in the morning, opened the, flung the door open, Frank, would you like some coffee? So I, I, got, I followed him down the hall and went to, to the study where, he, where we had a bed for him and he was sleeping in the study in our house. And out on the floor in, my, in, my, in, the, in, the, in the study was commentaries, Bible translations, and, all, and, and, and all, all sorts of word books were wide open on the floor. And he was sitting there. He'd been spent, obviously, some time searching the scriptures, digging for gold in the word of God, mining for gold. And this, this, was, this, this, is, this is what kept him on track in his life searching the scriptures and then at the same time this love for for prophecy and this love for the anointing being willing to yield to the holy spirit and let the anointing come upon his life i i remember the the phone call that i received from dick it was in 1990 1994 the fall of 1994 he called me from from of all places toronto ontario and he started saying frank there's an outpouring of the holy spirit taking place in toronto have you heard about it and it blessed me so much because I saw this man willing to, to not, not, not being a speaker, but to fly to the other part of the world to just get under the influence of the Holy Ghost and saturate in his presence. Word and spirit. Everyone say word and spirit. This is how I'm going to start 2015. I'm going to fill my mind with the Word of God. I'm going to, I'm going to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to start a, a year 2015 resolution. I'm going to study to show myself approved. I'm going to read the Word of God. I'm going to build myself up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to walk with Christ. I'm going to be like Simeon, a man who the Holy Spirit abode upon his life. And he was led by the Holy Spirit. And then stir up this gift. You had to stir up this gift regularly in our life. The importance of your prayer language in your daily life. 1 Corinthians 14. Oh, I love this. 1 Corinthians 14, verse um, um, 1 and 2. Verse 2 and 4, actually. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but he speaks to God. Whoa. If you're speaking in tongues, well, you know, when, when you speak in tongues, no one understands it exactly. It's supposed to be that way. No one's supposed to understand it. When you speak in a tongue, you speak not to men but to God, for no one understands him, but he utters, read it with me, he utters mysteries in the Spirit. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. So this is describing stirring up the gift of God in my life on a daily basis. 
Hallelujah. Allowing this gift to deepen in my life, stirring up this, this fire in my belly. Like Paul prophesied and spoke over Timothy. Timothy, Timothy, you remember what happened in your life when I laid my hands on you so many years ago. Oh, Timothy, don't let this gift, don't let the fire grow out in your belly. Timothy, stir up the fire that you received through the laying on of my hands. Fan into flame, it says in one translation. Fan into flame this prophetic gift in your life. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Yeah, let's just, why don't you just close your eyes with me right now in this place. Let's just, let's just take a praise break for a moment right now. Come on, deke, rambai. If you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, just pray for a few moments in that, in that heaven language. Rambai, speaking mysteries out of your belly. Fill this place, Lord. Fill this place with the glory of your presence. Yeah, we're stirring up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now look at it. Look at this. The, the word, talking about the word and the spirit. The Holy Spirit gave Simeon spiritual revelation. He saw things that other people didn't get. He heard things that other people didn't hear. He was believing for things that other people weren't believing for because of the Word and because of supernatural revelation. The Word and the Spirit speaking into him, giving him insight into what the Christ was going to be like so he wouldn't miss it. You know, some people have all sorts of preconceived ideas of, of what church is going to look like and what revival is going to look like. You need to get a revelation of God for yourself. Amen. You need to get a hold of God for yourself in 2015. Get a hold of the Word for yourself. Don't depend on what other people have told you or what other people believe. You get a hold of the Scripture for yourself and find out what it teaches, and you get a hold of God, like Simeon did. Get a revelation of God for yourself and let it line up with what you're being taught in the church. Amen. So the Holy Spirit gave him spiritual revelation, powerful, out of 1 Corinthians 2. These things God has revealed to us. God reveals things to us. God reveals things to you through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. The Holy Ghost is searching. He's searching your heart. He's searching your life. He's searching the very depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. And we impart in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting, everyone say interpreting, we're interpreting spiritual truth or spiritual reality to those who are spiritual. So there's a, a revelation that comes by the Holy Spirit. Simeon would have missed it, but he, he got it because the Holy Spirit was abiding upon him. He'd been searching the scriptures from the time he was a child. The Spirit of God enlightened the scriptures to him, and he began to recognize the Messiah as the suffering servant, as the Lamb of God, as, this, as the sin offering for our sins. And he began to recognize this by the Holy Ghost. He was led by the Spirit in his daily life. This, this, this can be your story. You can be led by the Spirit. Wow. 
You can be led by the Spirit in your daily life. Romans 8, 14. For all who are led... Well, let me ask you a question. How many, how many sons of God do we have here this morning? Raise your hands if you're a son of God. How many, now how many daughters of God do we have in here right this morning? Okay. Looks like a lot. So this, this must be a promise for most everybody in the house today. All who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Now we could read this the other way around. All sons of God are led by the Spirit. Amen. All sons and daughters of God are or should be led by the Spirit. This is the story of Simeon. He was, he was the Holy Spirit was upon him and he was being led by the Spirit, given, giving him spiritual sensitivity. Wow. So you become, instead of self-consumed and all consumed with your own problems, your own issues, what clothes you're wearing, what you're going to eat, what you're going to do next, suddenly you become in tune with what's going on around you. You become aware of hurting people that might be in the room. You, be, you become aware of, of other needs that are around you. You become aware of, of people, of humans, and human conditions. Instead of being all about you all the time, all eyes are not on you anymore. The eyes are, you're beginning to be aware, and you begin to have your spiritual sensors out. You begin to have the, the, this, we're describing love. We're talking about walking in the spirit, walking God's prophetic anointing, ministering to others, hearing and being led by the Holy Spirit. Now look at this. I love this. He was also, he was led by the spirit. He was used in the gift of prophecy. You know, the gift of prophecy is the most basic of, this, of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's the basic vocal gift. And, and what it is, it's, it's the Word anointed and influenced by the Holy Spirit. It's one thing that, to speak a word, but it's another thing to speak a word that comes out of the inspiration, a word in season, a word in the right season, to or the right person at the right time. It's a word in season. It's a, it's a word of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It's God working in the moment. God working in your moments, right here, right now. It's the spirit of prophecy upon your life, bubbling up inside of you. It's, it's this, it comes from the same place that this, that this prayer language comes from. And it's, it's very easy when you, when you begin to pray in the Holy Spirit, to pray in the Holy Spirit, to, to slip over from the prayer language to the natural language. You get, you, get your, you get your motor running, let's say. Come on, let's try this with me. You get your motor running. Maybe, you're, you're, maybe it's been dead for a while. Get your motor running. You begin to stir up the, and become your spiritual awareness. And in that place, in that place, what will start to happen, if you've been studying and searching the Scripture, Scripture will start to come awaken in your belly as you're praying in the heavenly language. And oftentimes, as, as those scriptures begin to awaken in your belly, you begin, to, you begin to speak those out of that place of the anointing, and they become like arrows in the hand of the Lord. So that's what Dick used to do. He used to prophesy out of that place of anointing. He used to speak the word out of that place of anointing, and it became like an arrow in the master's hand, going into people's lives, penetrating their life, and bringing transformation and healing and deliverance by the power of his words. Prophetic arrows going out. 
So let's, let's read about prophecy. Pursue love and earnestly, earnestly desire. Wow. Now here's the will of God for you. Anybody looking for the will of God? Earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Don't say those aren't for me. Earnestly desire. This is for everybody. This is for every Christian. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. It's for every Christian. You can write in your Bible right next to this verse. This is for every Christian. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you can prophesy. Now, why is that? Because prophecy is, is God's love in action. It's God's word entering to people's hearts and transforming their life. It's God's liberating word. It's, it's the word of the Lord that comes and brings healing and deliverance and hope into desperate situations. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God, for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue, he's building himself up. And out of that, out of that spiritual edification is where the prophetic gift is awakened in our life. One who speaks in a tongue builds himself up, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. So yeah, I, I love that, the springboard back and forth. Oh, let's say the Lord. The Lord is doing a new thing in your life. Unprecedented acts of God are on the horizon. Oh, this is a new day and a new year. Thank God's doing a new precious work in your life. Former things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Precept upon precept, line upon line. Here little and there little will God do in your life, says the Lord. So therefore... Therefore, therefore, so we're now, we're, let's, let's, let's just take, move a little bit further into this. We're talking about praying in tongues and praying in the Spirit. Now let's talk about singing in tongues and singing in the Spirit. This is, this is where control has to be. You have to let control go and you have to take on your, your most childlike qualities and characteristics. Come on, just now, right now, just, just, come, just be patient with me for a minute. Just, let's, let's just close our eyes right now and, and, and just imagine yourself as you were when you were four years old. Okay. See yourself, see your face right now. It's a smiling face. It's a happy face. You know, it's a face that doesn't give a care about what other people think. Totally free. It's not carrying its baggage. You haven't gone through the, the junk in the world. You are free and unencumbered by the fear of man. Okay. So this is, this is where you have to go to, to play these little childlike, you have, to, you have to sing those childlike songs, sing those singing in the sandbox type of songs where you don't care what anyone is thinking or anyone is doing. Therefore, one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he might interpret. Wow, this is, we're getting into that whole prophetic thing where you pray in the spirit, then you begin to speak out in the natural language. For I pray, if I pray in tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What should I do? I'll pray with my spirit, and I will pray with my mind also. I'll sing praise with my spirit, and I will sing with my mind also. So there's a, there's a yielding to this, to this flow in your life. So, let's, let, the Lord has 
plans for you in 2015. He's got incredible plans. And here's something I've discovered over the years. The Lord is not wanting to play hide-and-seek with His will. He's not trying to keep it from you. He wants to unfold and unveil line upon line His, pur his purposes and plans in your life. He wants to begin to speak to you the, the beautiful plans that He has. Well, how does that take place? We have to, we have to put ourselves in a spiritual condition to hear the Word of the Lord. How do we do that? It's what we've been talking about all day. It's the Word and the Spirit. You start clearing out the earwax out of your ears, the spiritual earwax. Get it out. Begin to start nurturing yourself with the Word of God. You're feasting on the simple gospel, the gospel of John, the gospel of Matthew, Acts, the Pauline epistles. You start to allow the Word to, just to become part of your very nature, your part of your very being. Then you just take moments and time and you begin to sing to the Lord like a child. I mean, you take the pressure off. No, there's nothing you can do to make anything happen. You just become like a child. And you just come before the Lord. Lord, Lord, I can't, I can't heal anybody. Lord, I can't, I don't have the ability with myself to, to, to deliver someone from alcohol problems. Lord, I don't have the power within myself to, to discern a, the presence of a demon or cast a demon out. I don't have the ability to, to, to convert someone's soul. I don't have the ability, Lord, to baptize anyone in the Holy Spirit. But Lord, you, all these things are, are your works, the works of God. These are the things that you can do. Lord, if you want to use me, I'm available. Here I am, Lord, and, and I'm just going to become a child. I'm, I'm going to become an arrow in your hands. Lord, you're the, you're the, you're the warrior, Lord. I, I'm just your weapon in your hand, Lord God. I'm the axe. You're the axe bearer, Lord. You're the carrier of the axe. Lord, I'm just going to put myself as a weapon in your hands as a child, and I'm going to yield myself. Now, just this sokombra seke, just come with me in the, in the heavenly place right now. Pray in, the, in the, your heavenly language. You know, when, when you get yourself in this, you get unhooked from the world and you get hooked up in the spiritual realm like that and you begin, to, you begin to pray in the spirit like that and you begin to close your eyes, you begin to just float with God. He begins to give you pictures in your, in your hearts. He begins to pick, give you pictures of, of His work and things taking place. He begins to show you people and situations and, and He begins to put people in your heart and people in your life and, and you begin to just begin to yield yourself to that, to that prophetic flow. It's the work of God. Thanks for listening. Check out our website at www.victoryfellowship.net for service times and for more information.